0: Let's pray together as we open God's Word. Lord, we come to Your Scripture knowing that You've made Yourself known through Your Word. And Lord, we just want to uh, have clarity of mind this morning. We want to be sensitive to Your leading and Your teaching. We just ask that You would help us to learn what You would have us to learn, apply what You would have us to apply and be changed the way You want to change us, that more people may know who You are and what You've done through Christ. And that is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there are only a few things in the world, when you think about it, that when you actually give it away, it increases the amount you have of that thing. I mean, that's not the case with most things. You know, when you give it away, it's gone. But there are a few things in life, when you give it away, it actually increases your possession of that very thing. And today, when we look at the, the letter to Philemon, we're going to encounter a few of those things and uh, Philemon is, is a letter, a very short letter, and it's, it's kind of nestled between the letter to Titus and Hebrews, okay? It's a very short letter, barely takes, probably doesn't even take up a page when you open up the Bible and look at it. I know in my Bible, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't even fill up a whole page. It's very short. However, don't let its length uh, mislead you, don't, don't let its length but make you think that we should overlook it or bypass it, uh, because as you've heard, you know, big things come in small packages. And I think as we look at this passage this morning, there are a few verses that I think we'll uh, we'll learn a lot from. And so, if you turn your gaze to Philemon, I want to read you the greeting, and then we'll get into a few other verses I want to share with you this morning. Paul begins by saying, "Paul, a prisoner for for Christ Jesus." And Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier in the church in your house. And so the letter is addressed to Philemon, and a few other people are mentioned here. Aphia, most people think this is um, Philemon's wife, and then Archippus perhaps is his son. Uh, They're all fellow workers, they're believers, they're Christians, they're a part of this church that's meeting in Philemon's house. So it's nice to be able to gather here, but can you imagine? We say, hey, we're coming over to your house, and uh, we're just going to gather. We're going to gather there. So obviously a very hospitable chap, uh, allowing the church to gather there. And then Paul used a greeting he uses uh, often in his letters. He says in verse 3, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're a Christian, you know that the only way to be at peace with God is through the grace of God. And the grace of God is simply... Uh, giving you something that is good that you cannot earn that you that you do not deserve. That's grace, and that grace he's talking about here is, flows through his son Jesus Christ, where Christ lived, he died the perfect or lived the perfect life, he died a death in your place, so that if we come to Christ, we can receive forgiveness of our sin, not because we're so we're such good people, but simply because he's good and he's accomplished all that's necessary for us to be at peace with God, to take away our sin. And so Paul says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And then he moves to the body of the letter in verse 4, and he tells Philemon two things. He's going to tell Philemon one, what he's thankful for, and then he's going to tell him the second thing, which is, this is what I'm praying for. Okay? It's what I'm thankful for and what I'm praying for. So first let's look at what Paul is thankful for. In verse 4 we read. I thank my God always. When I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear of your love. And of the faith that you have. Toward the Lord Jesus. And for all the saints. In other words. Philemon is the real deal. You know, Philemon has authentic faith. That cannot be hidden. And we all know. That when you have authentic faith. In Christ, uh, it has to express itself and the way it does that or its wardrobe of choice is always love. If you have faith in Christ and that faith makes itself known to the world, the clothing it always wears is love. And Paul is saying he's thankful because he hears of Philemon's love. Uh, I hear about your love, your reputation precedes you, you know, you have a great love for people And especially those in the church. Especially those Paul calls the saints. And it's interesting, this adjective he's using here to describe Christians is the same word that's used to describe the angels, the holy angels, and even the Holy Spirit, this hagios, this Holy Spirit, those set apart, holy. He's saying, you know, you have this love for the saints, the holy ones, those who have been set apart by faith in Jesus Christ, and so we see Philemon's faith in Christ clothes itself in love and reaches out to those around them. And then in verse two, we see that he's hosting the church, the house church, which is very common in the first century. Really, up till you get into the set, well, really the two hundreds to three hundreds AD is when you really start having buildings built for the sole purpose of meeting together with the church. Up until that point. And even today around the world, you have people gathering in homes, just like the home of Philemon. And so this doesn't surprise us, though, as we read about Philemon, we say, okay, Philemon has authentic faith in Christ. He loves the saints. He loves people. He loves uh, showing his faith through love. And so when you tell me he's, host, he's hosting the church in his house, that's not a big surprise. And speaking of this idea of clothing yourself with love, faith clothing itself in love, uh, I want to tell you a story about a man who has a reputation of this that I know. Uh, His name is Mike, and he lives in the Raleigh area. And he's been on staff with CREW, or formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ, for uh, probably close to 30 years now. And I had this friend, he and his wife were going on a trip. And uh, they were going to be flying out of Raleigh, out of the airport there in Raleigh. And Mike offered to allow them to park their car, you know, in, in his driveway while they go on this trip, which they were very thankful for, because if you know about flying and you park in the car in the garage, you know, in the parking lot, you have to pay for that, this daily fee. And so, you know, this is a, this is a great act of kindness on his part, park your car at my house, don't have to worry about paying the parking fees, and they were thankful for that. They were a young couple, so every little bit helps. And so they, they you know, went on their trip, and then when they came back, and they went to get in their car, they realized there was something different about their car than you know, when they left it. it, was, it was something was something was just different, they noticed. Uh, one thing they noticed is that the car had been washed. And they were like, well, that's kind of strange. Yeah, the car is washed. And then they noticed uh, the car had, had been filled up with gas. <laughs> yeah right. like this is great and then as they were getting in they realized on the, the top left of the windshield there was this little sticker and they realized Mike had had the oil changed in the car while they were gone but then to top it off and this is kind of the icing on the cake top it off they realized that Mike had realized or noticed observed that their car, their license plate was about to expire and so he takes, because they're from North Carolina as well, he takes their car in and, and renews their license plate tag for them. And you think, this is amazing, this, is, this guy goes above and beyond, but that's just kind of the guy he, he is. This wasn't just a one-time thing, this is something he would do regularly if people parked their car at his house. He would just take care of it, he would wash it, fill it up with gas, do all kinds because he was full of love because he had faith in Christ. He loves Christ and then that just prompts him to put on that garment of love and just showcase it to people. He wants to point them to Christ and he's doing that by loving others. And so we see love doesn't say, you know, this type of loving one doesn't say, what's the least I can do? I would think, hey, parking your car in your driveway would be enough, right? (laughs) You're saving some money. But to go above and beyond, his mindset was not, what's the least I can do? But rather, how can I show the love of God to this person? And that was Philemon. Philemon was full of faith and therefore exercised great love. And Paul says, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for your faith. I'm thankful for your love. As I hear about those those traits, those characteristics of you, Philemon. And so the question is, what do people hear about you? You know, what what type of memory trail, you know, are you leaving behind? Are you known for your know, faith and love? See, faith in Christ, it lays the groundwork. See, it lays the groundwork for love. And as love is built up, it has to find specific paths to travel in. It must show itself in different ways and be expressed in different ways. And this leads us to the second point here that Paul tells Philemon this is what I'm thankful for. You have authentic faith and love, and this is what I'm praying for. And he's going to start building his argument for something specifically he wants Philemon to consider, but this is the principle he's going to uh, discuss with him now as he talks about his prayer. In verse 6, he says, And I pray. That the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. So I pray that the sharing of your faith, and so he's, he said, I'm praying, Philemon, that you continue to share your faith. And this word, share, to share your faith, this verb to share your faith, is a word that's also translated in the New Testament as fellowship or communication, or participation. There's this idea that Philemon is sharing his faith. In other words, he's expressing what he believes audibly, uh, visibly, through his actions. And people are able to participate in that with him. And Paul's saying, I'm praying for you, that you continue to share your faith. And as you do that, two things happen. And we're going to talk about these in just a moment. But two things happen. One is, as you give your faith away, you actually increase your faith. And then also, as you give your faith away, people are able to participate and actually have their faith um, ignited. And actually come to know Christ themselves. And specifically what Paul's getting at in this letter to Philemon is that there was something that happened between a man named Onesimus and Philemon. And we're not real sure what what it was that sparked it, but something happened. Onesimus was a bondservant of Philemon. And something happened to cause Onesimus to run away. And so Onesimus runs away, and he, he fails to fulfill his obligation to Philemon. He runs away, and as he's running away, he encounters Paul. Now you can imagine, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, I don't think it would be long after encountering Paul that you encounter Christ. (laughs) He just shared his faith, right? And so Onesimus uh, encounters Paul. Paul shares the gospel with him. Onesimus places his faith in Christ and links arms with Paul. And so what Paul's doing is he's writing this letter back to Philemon because Philemon, I mean Onesimus had confessed to Paul that I, ha, I have run away from Philemon. There's some conflict. there, unresolved conflict. And so Paul says, well, I need to write this letter back to Philemon. And we need to see reconciliation happen here. And so what Paul's doing is he is setting it down a principle uh, by which forgiveness can be built upon And so what he's telling Philemon is, I pray that the sharing of your faith, that you continue to share your faith and exhibit this this love that I I hear about, that you continue to grow in that, because I want you and Onesimus to reconcile, to to, uh, embrace the idea of forgiveness, forgiving one another. And then Paul, I think he's also, if you read the letter, you also see that I think he's saying, and it would be great if you could release him to allow him to aid me in ministry where I'm at. Okay, so that's that's the specific application that Paul is getting at in this letter based on this principle. That as you share your faith, you grow in your faith. And one application of sharing your faith is forgiveness. You're releasing Onesimus to help Paul. That's specific in this context. But this principle is something that all Christians uh, need to understand and then think about how can we apply it? And like I mentioned before, the principle is that as you, as you share your faith, give it away in word and deed, you actually grow in your faith. And this is what Paul is getting at when he says, uh, the sharing of your faith in verse six, the sharing of your faith may become effective. For the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. And so there's this connection between sharing your faith and growing in your faith. There's a connection. You know, faith is one of those few things that when you give away, give it away, it actually increases within. You know, love is another one of those things. As you give it away, it actually increases within. And so the first, be- the first benefit of sharing your faith is personal growth. But the second benefit uh, by sh- of sharing your faith is that others experience the love of Christ and have the opportunity to place their faith in Christ as well. And so when you share your faith through words and deeds, you're inviting others into a relationship with God in Christ and you never know how God's going to use that conversation or that action. You, you never know. And I, I just want to read you a story I read this past week that's really interesting to me. And it just, it just shows you that God is at work in people's lives in ways that you can't understand. You just can't predict it. You never know. And He uses your words, your deeds that are done in faith that are pointing people to Christ, he uses those to uh, bring about faith in others. Let me tell you this story. It's about this lady named Sarah. And Sarah uh, is a gospel singer. And she has other musician friends that are not Christians. And one evening, she was invited to come and play at this club. Okay, It's kind of a rock and roll type club. And uh, some, of her, some of her friends were going to be performing that night, and so she was invited to, you know, come and sing, and, uh, you know, she had this song that, this new song that she wanted to sing, it was a song about the grace of God, but she just wasn't sure, if, you know, would that fit the context, you know, would that work here in the club, I'm not sure, but she decided to, you know, give it a go, and so as uh, she rehearsed the song that day, preparing for that night, uh, she had this keyboardist that was working along with her on this song. And the keyboardist, he just could not get, uh, get the song right. I mean, it, it just wasn't happening. And so she said, you know what, I get, I'll just sing it a cappella tonight. It's no big deal. We just can't get it, uh, get it right, can't get the melody right. So she's going to sing it a cappella. And as the evening you know, progressed, everybody starts coming in the club, uh, drinking, dancing, all kinds of crazy things start happening. It gets kind of rowdy in there. You know, One band starts to perform. Sarah knows, uh, she notices a number of things, but she specifically notices this one lady, a beautiful blonde-haired lady, uh, seemed to have a a little bit too much to drink, and uh, surrounded by some guys. And, you know, Sarah's heart really went out to her. uh, I'm sure several others that night as well. She's kind of observing uh, all the different activities going on that night. Well, as the evening progresses, getting late, it was time for Sarah to uh, sing her song. And so she gets up, and uh, with this kind of the rowdy audience, kind of doing their thing, and she begins to sing the first verse of her, her, her song. And everybody just gets very quiet. I would imagine it's probably just a different genre <laughs> of music she's singing it. But everybody gets real quiet and begins to listen. And uh, as she's moving into you know the next verse, the chorus. Um, she notices the keyboard starts to play in the back, you know. And they're, they're, they're right, you know, on time. Everything's going well. Uh, the melody's working well. Uh, whoever's playing it finally got it. So she's thinking, finally, you know, the keyboardist, he's found it, and now we're in, we're in sync here, and the song's going well. So everybody's quiet. They're listening to her uh, play this song. And as she held the last note, And finish the song, you know, the audience just burst into applause. I mean, they loved it. Loved the song. And at the end, she just turns around, you know, thank the keyboardist, and she realizes it's not her keyboardist, but it's that blonde girl that she had noticed on the floor. And so after the song, they sat down together, and she realized this girl's name is Lori. She realized Lori had actually grown up in church, and she played the piano for the church for several years. But at some point, she just decided to run away from God, run away from her family, because she felt like she was missing out on the good life. And after talking to Sarah, she had her faith in Christ reignited. Now, who would, you know, of course, that would never happen to me. And let me tell you why. Because I don't sink. (laughs) So, that's just not going to happen. Unless something miraculous happens changes my vocal cords. That's just not going to happen to me. But the point is here, you never know what God's doing in the lives of people. In other words, don't make decisions for other people. You know, Don't think that I, I shouldn't do this because they will do that. You don't know that. You don't know what's going on. Even if they reject you or reject the message or they don't receive things the way you may want them to receive it. You never know how God is at work because he is. He's at work. And so the way he may work through you may not be through a song, but he will work through you as you share your faith. And however God may gift you and and give you the ability uh, to do so. So like we sang earlier, you know, in that, in that hymn, um, just a couple lines, but it just says simply, you know, people need the Lord. Why, why do people need the Lord? You know, we sing that, but do people really need the Lord? Well, it depends. I mean, look around. We all know people are hurting. And we attribute it to so many things. We may call it karma. We may call it injustice, we may call it mistakes. But the Bible calls it sin. We we live lives burdened because of sin, living lives apart from God. That burdens people. Now you may like I said, you may label it so many different things, but the fact is people are hurting, and the only answer to the nagging question of purpose, meaning and freedom is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because what it says is, in Christ, you have your sin forgiven. In Christ, you are given the ability to live life the way God intended you to live it, in right relationship with Him and with others. You know, like Philemon. You you unite to Christ, you live lives of love for other people. And the question is, you know, People are hurting, but who, who is going to enter in? Who is going to share with them who Christ is in word and deed? Who's going to do that? Well, we all know that you know, God has, has commissioned His people, the church, to do that. And sharing your faith, and this is something I just want to challenge you with here. Sharing your faith is not to be simply isolated to an event that we plan, even though that can happen. Um, like an outreach or something like that. Uh, that, that. That can happen, that should happen, but it should not be isolated to that. Rather, sharing your faith needs to be involved in, in every conversation, every interaction. Because if you have faith in Christ, you know, you're clothed with love. I mean you're, you're showcasing Christ in everything you do. And so every conversation, every interaction, you may not get to go through the whole gospel message but they, when they interact with you, if you are a Christian now, if they interact with you, they should be interacting with Christ at some level. Right? At some level. And so every conversation, every interaction is sharing a message. And I love the fact that our church, we say, you know what, we are a city on a hill. And we're drawing that, that, that uh, phrase from Jesus. He says, you know, a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. The idea is, the idea here is, if you have faith in Christ, it's meant to be visible. You know, we, and it's not that we want people to drive by and just see this building. That's not the point. That's not what we're talking about. But we're saying, we want our faith to be visible. We are a city on a hill. Not the building. The building's not a city on a hill. We are the people. The people that have faith. We are a city on a hill, and we want our faith to be visible, audible, and accessible. To people. Right? We want to help people see who Christ is. And as we share our faith, like Paul says in here, we grow in our faith. We give it away. We increase in it. I mean, it helps us. It grows us. That's the way we grow as we participate with one another. We share our faith with each other. Outside the church walls as well. But we don't want our faith to be hidden. We want to share it. And there's a few things I want to just... Kind of apply from this. One is tonight at 6pm You know we'll gather again for worship and tonight I'm going to share with you just a practical very easy practical way for you to share the gospel with someone because the time will come where you will have the opportunity not only to, sh- to show a loving act to someone but actually explain to them this is who Christ is this is why he came and this is how you can know him and so tonight at 6 o'clock as we worship together that's what we're going to talk about how you can actually share the gospel message in a very simple yet um, accessible way. And I have another challenge for you as well. Like I I said earlier, we have this new worship service starting on March the 1st at 9 a.m. And the whole, at least one of the main primary motivations to do this is to just to make Worship accessible to more people. That's the whole idea. We want more people to be able to come and worship the Lord. That's the whole motivation. It's the sharing of faith. That's why we're doing it. And so one of the things I want to challenge you with. Uh, is to be praying for that day. You know, we've, been, we've been praying and planning and working for over a year. For this, for this service to start. And so we're hoping and praying that the Lord would use it. To increase the number of worshipers. As he has used this service and will continue to do that. We want to provide many opportunities for people to come and worship the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to pray. Take that prayer card home. Pray for the new service as we march toward March 1st. And I want to challenge you to invite somebody. Bring them to 9 a.m. or bring them to 11 a.m. But invite someone. When you invite someone to come and worship. You're inviting them to come and see. Come and see, come hear about who Christ is. Come and see, come and, come and hear, come and experience, come and consider. And that's a great way to share your faith, is to invite someone to join us here. It's a very effective way to share our faith. So if we're going to be a, a city on a hill, then our faith must be visible. It must be audible, it must be accessible. And as we share our faith, like Paul says here, as we share our faith, we grow in our faith. And as we share our faith, we are, we are inviting other people to come into faith in Christ. Let's pray together. God, that is our hope and prayer, that we would share our faith. God, we know that that is your desire I love the fact that Paul prays that for Philemon. And I, I would imagine that Paul would pray that for all of us. That we would share our faith. That we would grow in the knowledge of Christ and what He's done for us. And we would grow by sharing our faith. That's part of the process of growth. Lord, help us to see in just, just this week, even today, as we encounter maybe a waitress or a waiter. Or um, a clerk at a gas station, or a neighbor, or a family member, or someone over email, or texting, or Facebook, or w- all these interactions we have every single day. Lord, help us to consider how do our interactions and our conversations, uh, how are they clothed with love? How are we pointing people to Christ? And Laura, we just ask that you would use our efforts just like you used uh, Mike's um, just car care uh, to showcase your love. And you use Sarah's song to uh, rekindle the faith of one who has run off. Or would you use our efforts, our uh, acts of kindness, our words as we speak truth and love to those around us and point people to you? Would you use these efforts uh, as we do them in faith that you would be honored and glorified, and more people be brought in uh, to your family as they place their faith in Jesus. And that is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.